Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today, guys, we've got another little barnstorming guest for you all the way from Canada. The man himself, Craig Ballantyne, is here today. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about Craig and what he's done. Craig is like a self-improvement coach. He's authored um, Wall Street Journal bestseller. He is author of The Perfect Day Formula. He's, he's, he's made 2.4 million US dollars off Instagram alone. He's done bits all over the world across multiple niches. So I'm excited and hyped to get him to break all this down today. So Craig, welcome to the show. I am excited to be here. This is going to be so much fun. Mate, I'm 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 hyped. I'm hyped because I know you, I know I know you you you're gonna call me out on some stuff, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna get some learnings out of this. So this is just gonna be like a, a public execution, but we're all good. But um, mate, before before we go into like the in depth stuff and the nuts and bolts and all that razzmatazz, let's let's just let's just dissect your backstory. Obviously, you were originally from 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 what I've read, you were originally working like sixty hours a week in, do, doing yeah. doing some kind of job. And you then built a business on the back of like 15 minutes a day, um, a six-figure business on the back of 15 minutes a day. And that was kind of how you got into it. Is that, Am I right in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I came from a background of hard work. Like um, one thing that you left out of my intro is that I'm actually from the same hometown as Justin Bieber here in Canada. And I'm actually I'm visiting my family in this little hometown. So I grew up on a farm here. And, and so like when you're a farm boy, you just put more work on your back and more work on your back. Eventually, I became a personal trainer and I was working all these hours and working all these hours and I wanted to have an online business and I didn't have any time in the day, right? You're a personal trainer. You're, you know, you're just the glorified towel boy most of the day, but you know, it's away from home for 12 hours. It's kind of like being a a waiter in a restaurant because you have a split shift. You have the morning routine and then you have the afternoon people coming in and it's like not enough time to go home and it's you know you can get your workout in it's like oh my gosh I'm, I've been literally gone from my house from 10 after 5 in the morning till 7 o'clock at night where the heck am I going to fit in time to grow a business but I was so committed to it I made time for it which is one of the big pillars of success made 15 minutes in the morning and within about 18 months I was able to quit the personal training because I had made more money with the the you know quote unquote side hustle. So what were you doing as a quote unquote side hustle at that time? It, it was related to the personal training, and I was very fortunate. I you know I'm a bit of a nerd at heart, so I started writing an email newsletter possibly before you know maybe 25 percent of the, the people listening to this were even born. I wrote my first email newsletter in 1999, sold my first product on the internet in 2001 on January 28, 2001. Frankie, I sold a Word document, a Word document, not a PDF, a Word document yeah. through PayPal for $60. Yeah. And it was crazy. And and I was fortunate because I I got the opportunity to write for Men's Health Magazine at a young age. And that's a huge fitness magazine. So that gave me some credibility. And then I was able to go and start, you know, eventually I made the, made the Word documents into PDFs. And I built an email list and I was sending emails out. And I was able to grow the online business 
just that simply, just through, there was affiliate marketing involved and there was email marketing. There wasn't, there wasn't even Facebook. Facebook didn't come along for like five or six more years. The Google ads didn't really start, I think, till about 2003 or 2004. YouTube wasn't around till 2007. It was all on the back of email marketing and, you know, good content yeah, yeah, yeah. and also, and also the affiliate marketing, which is, you know, it's still around today, but not as popular as it used to be. But it used to be like, you know, Frankie, you had an email list. You'd send an email out selling my ebook, and I'd give you a, a commission. So, so that was the business, and a lot of it was just get up in the morning and attack that number one thing. And most people think, man, fifteen minutes. What are you going? What can you get done in fifteen minutes? But if you know your stuff and you can type at a decent pace, you can really crank out about five hundred words. Five hundred words a day, which is an email to your list. And which gives you that consistency. You know, today you can write an Instagram caption, you can film a video for your Instagram, you can do yeah. plenty of stuff in fifteen minutes. Yeah, I love that. I love that mindset that you're just saying, like, you know, just just fifteen minutes. Get you know, get into that concentrated work. Focus on something that's actually going to move the needle in in your life. Now, obviously, you're going to tell the people at home that they've got to plan that the night before you can't you, you can't just expect yourself to get up in the morning and and think that 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 task that's going to move the needle in your life is going to happen in that 15 minutes if you haven't already figured out what that task is the day before yeah absolutely and so when i wrote the first book the perfect day formula there were a lot of times when i had you know oh, i'm gonna write chapter two tomorrow morning and i was all gung-ho and i'd wake up the next morning i'd go to my computer open up blank screen there and be like uh, I don't know what to write about. And I, you know, I go and procrastinate on something. So I had to do a, like a little bit of planning, you know, not just I'm going to write chapter two, but I'm going to write chapter two about this topic. And these are the subtopics. And then when you have that plan, first of all, I'm a big believer that your subconscious mind actually does work overnight. And, you know, it's funny. Um, I had actually gotten away from that until I was reading one of my client's books today. And he was talking about how he programs his mind to work on a problem. At night, so I'm going to ask myself a question tonight uh, about you know something I want to figure out. My brain's going to work on it, and then when I wake up tomorrow, some of the answers will be there. I truly believe that happens. And, and do you want to hear like a crazy story about the subconscious mind? Go for it. Okay, so you've read Think and Grow Rich, right? Yeah, hundred about about five times. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And everybody you know, who's listening to this should be familiar with it. But here's the, here's the story that I was told by one of my mentors, a guy named Dan Kennedy, and I believe this is actually on – Earl Nightingale is like one of the original pioneers of um, personal development. And apparently this is actually a story that he told on a record, a record that people used to buy, like not a tape, a record. And the story goes like this. Up until about five hours before the deadline for the submission of the manuscript for Think and Grow Rich – Napoleon Hill was going to title the book, Use Your Noodle to Get the Boodle. That was it. It was going to be Use Your Noodle, Your Head, to Get the Boodle. In, in America, they sometimes refer to money as boodle. Right. So this is, the, this is the thing. And so he's like, I don't really like this title. And so he goes and has a nap. And he wakes up three hours later, two hours later, with, with you know just before the deadline for submitting the title. And in his brain, the subconscious mind came up with Think and Grow Rich. Now, if he had kept the original title, would he have sold a thousand copies? But no, he'd sold tens of millions of copies because of that title, mostly because of that title, also because of the great content. Because of the subconscious mind, he put it to work. And so I truly believe that everybody listening... 
you know, if you're listening to this at three o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, man, I'm having a hard time figuring out, you know, what content to, or, you know, the headline for my sales letter or whatever it is, you know, I'm going to tell my brain to figure that out tonight. I mean, you know, I'm going to write some notes down maybe an hour or two before bed, say brain, tell me what to write as my subject or my headline for my sales letter about, you know, helping people make money with Instagram and brain's going to come up with it. And, and I truly set, believe that you, that stuff does help. You're setting that intention, that yeah. pure intention. And that, and I love the way that you've clarified that because that's just literally like setting the intention on one critical task. It's not like you're setting the attention on how can I have a better life because that's too broad, right. isn't it? You're saying how do I solve this one little bit of a problem that I can't think of right now because I'm a bit cloudy because it's the afternoon. But you set that yeah. intention at night and then hopefully you wake up with something. Often, often. Well, case- one other thing. One other thing I'll say on that. Sorry to interrupt, but one other thing I see that I actually coach all of my CEOs to do is to do the same sort of take that same sort of approach and go out in nature and walk around. You know, take your biggest problem in your business. Oh man, we're really struggling with traffic to the website and we're trying this and we're trying that. Man, how the heck can we figure it out? If you, tr- if you sit there at your desk with your computer and your phone and all the distractions and all the busyness, you'll never be able to solve that problem. But if you look at many of the most famous people in history, Charles Darwin, Charles Dickens, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, a lot of these really creative people in history, what they did was they worked in the morning and then they would literally go for two or three hour walks in the afternoon. Charles Darwin or Charles Dickens, when he was writing his books, he, you know, he lived in London and he would write in the morning and then he would walk around London getting ideas for stories and he'd wake up the next morning and write about it. And Charles Darwin, when he was writing, I think it was like the evolution of species or whatever that thing was, he would work in the morning and then he'd go for a long walk in the countryside and just the he wouldn't necessarily think hard he would just let his brain operate and solve the problems and if anybody here has ever been in the shower and you've come up with a great idea it's because your brain works differently away from your regular workspace and you have to grab those ideas because I've heard them uh, described as slippery fish, right? You have this great idea in the shower and you step out and it's like, what the heck? That was my, I had this million dollar idea and now I've forgotten it already. Yeah, so you yeah, have yeah. to grab them pretty quick. But yeah, that's yeah. just another way of, you know, it's working but not working. And it really is like where some of your greatest ideas will come from. I think, I think sometimes you have to take yourself out of where you are to be able to see the bigger picture. Like, because you, you're, you're yeah. just in it all the time. It's like sometimes I'll sit here and I'll be working away and I'll be like... I'm really not achieving much here, so I will take myself on that walk. And just that break and just that clarity of thought will give me will give me something to be able to come back to and, and, and move forward. Yeah, I love that. So I suppose the, 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 the next thing that I wanted to go, go over with you is obviously you've, you've obviously built a massive um, – you've obviously turned Instagram into a massive traffic channel for you in terms of like generating revenue and all that stuff. Now, one thing I know from from reading your book and everything like that is that you it's not like you you wouldn't be on Instagram all day. And a lot of us can think that think that, you know, to to create 2.4 million US dollars on on Instagram, you've got to be on Instagram all day. But I know that you've got ways and strategies on generating that revenue but not being not being part of this thing where you get captivated and dragged into this vortex because i because i'm I'm guilty of getting dragged into the vortex you know i'll go on there to post something the next thing you know i've been on there an hour and i've not achieved anything because you answer dms and all this kind of stuff and i just want you to break that down for people yeah and well let's first address that issue of the fact that we've all been sucked into it and what we need to understand 
is that every single day when you pull this, turn this thing on, you know, the phone that I just uh, held up there, it's you against a thousand PhDs from MIT and Harvard and their entire job, their entire life's purpose and their career's purpose is to make you addicted to your phone through the apps, through the notifications, through whatever it is that they do. And so if you think that you're going to get up and just turn your phone on and through willpower alone, you're just not going to get sucked into something, it's very naive. So no one should feel bad for you know going into Instagram and going, wait a minute, where the heck did the last 20 minutes ago? If you, you just can't play by their rules. So one of the things that I do is obviously you turn all your notifications off. Um, another thing I do is I just don't follow people on Instagram and... I can, you know, if I really want to go and look at someone's profile, it doesn't mean I don't have to follow them to go and look at their profile. So once in a while, I'll go, I need to go and check in on this person and see what content they're putting out. And I can go through and I can see their last nine posts and go, okay, great, awesome, I'm done with it. So what you really need to do is kind of build a fence around yourself. And this goes with almost anything. If you have binge eating or binge drinking problems, build a fence around yourself to keep those temptations out. Same with your phone. But we just have a system where we create content. We have a, a three-day cycle that we create content around. I do have an assistant, not an assistant, but an actual social media director in there posting the content. I have a person now who's in there answering DMs. But even when I didn't have somebody answering DMs, it was just go in, answer all the DMs, and get out. I'm not going to have notifications yeah, yeah, from yeah. other people's profiles. And it's just we, we create content that tells people to contact us, they're contacting us and raising their hand and saying, I fit the description of the person that you want to contact you as a great prospect. And then we simply ask them the same two questions all the time and their answers to that question determine whether or not we'll move somebody to either buying one of our courses or jumping on a call with our um, head coach to see if it's a good fit for them to work with us in a higher capacity. It's well, just a simple system. It's a factory. It's a formula. It operates 24-7, and it can be not necessarily automated, but very systematized so that you're not in there all day. You're yeah, not in there yeah. all day. You should never be in there all day. 100%. But what are the two questions that you're using to qualify those people to, to come into your world and work with you? Yeah, so for us, the first thing that we're asking is simply... Uh, because we're business coaches. And if you, if somebody's a fitness coach or whatever, you can easily modify this question. It's simply, what are your specific business goals and obstacles for the next 90 days? Specific, I want specific goals. Yeah. They're business related. Now, if you're a fitness coach, what are your specific fitness goals and your obstacles for the next 90 days? I like we just that. want to know what do you want to achieve and what what is stopping you from achieving those things? And then people answer with, you know, most of the time they answer with, with, well, they, they go, oh, I see what you're asking. And, you know, they, they don't ramble on. They just give us exactly what we need. And then from there, we will ask them, um, what are you currently doing about that? What are you currently doing about that? And then that'll give us enough for us to figure out if they are a qualified prospect to move ahead with us. Yeah. And. And so like, cause most people you'll either see like, well, they don't have a business. So great. So then what we do is we just send them a free resource. We always give somebody value, but if they have a business, if they meet the qualifications and if they're, you know, they're, they've done something better or are interested in doing something about it. Great. 
you qualify, move you off Instagram, and it's not a you know a thirty day conversation. How important have have you found it then? Just just so that people understand this, because I tell people this all the time. It's it's important that you get your Instagram following off your Instagram onto onto your email list because this happens to so many. It's even happened to like OnlyFans girls and stuff. They'll they'll be posting all this provocative content, then they'll lose their Instagram account of 160,000 followers, but they've got no email list, right. so they can't email them and, and, and contact these, this list to generate more revenue for, 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 their, for their content that they're selling. And it's the same with a lot of people, real estate agents, everyone. If you lose your Instagram account and you've got 160,000 followers and you've got no email list, you're kind of a bit out there in the dark. I mean, how important, yeah, you is, are. How, how important is it? For- I mean, it's extremely important. And I mean, it, it's not just Instagram. I mean, I had a friend in the fitness space back in you know my original career. Man, he I think he had a million YouTube subscribers, did something that YouTube didn't like, and it was gone. And I mean, he basically disappeared from the industry because he yeah. didn't have the email list built up. So yeah, you want to get people to your email list. Um, it's, you know, certainly... Instagram can be looked at as an email list, but again, it's just, you don't own it and it can be gone and taken away from you. So you need to be having folks, you know, the ideal is to get them to become customers, uh, whether through it's a low price product or whatever. Um, you know, the other good thing is that the bigger you build that Instagram audience, you can, you can hopefully you don't get uh, yourself kicked off of Facebook where you're running at, you know, you have your ad account and that is an audience in there and stuff. But yeah, you do. We, we build an email list. We give away our books. We, we sell courses. We get people to our coaching funnel where we get their email list so we can follow up with them. Because if you just have one platform where everybody is, man, your business can be gone like that. I mean, from just to give people a little bit of context as well, it, from your point of view, what is an email subscriber worth to you as a lifetime value? Ah, uh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know exactly, but it is well over hundreds of dollars just through the courses that we sell. Because we sell fifty dollar courses, we sell two hundred ninety seven dollar courses, and we sell nine hundred ninety seven dollar courses, and we often have people buy multiple of those courses. Some people never buy anything that come in on a free book offer or something like that. But I wouldn't know exact I don't know exactly, but it is I mean I would say seventy percent of the money that I've made over the course of my twenty years, Frankie, has been from email marketing. I know yeah. I know and there's there's a famous PT um called James Smith. I don't know if you've heard of him. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah James James Smith um had him on the podcast over here as well. And uh, he, all, all his money, people think all his money comes from Instagram, but all his money comes from his email list. And yeah. he has 250,000 or 300,000 people on his list. All highly, he sends out daily emails and he collects money. He sells book, he sells his book, he sells his James Smith Academy. And people, yeah. people think his, his, his money comes from Instagram and it doesn't. His money comes from building his email list and everything. And so many people like in this fitness industry that are killing it and have done bits like you, have all ge- they're all generating their money from their email list. They're not generating their money from their social, social media. And I, just, I, I love the fact that we've been able to distill, distil, get rid of that myth because it's such a big myth. It's a huge myth in this day and age. And I'll tell you what, like ever since 2010, people have been putting out reports saying email is dead and this, that, and the other thing. So people have been claiming the death of email for going on 15 years. But, you know, one of my friends makes a million dollars a month net, like keeps in his bank account. 
from his email list in the health and fitness space. And how, Crazy. Many, how many emails has he got to generate that million dollars? About five million. So he's got five minutes. So it's still pretty, pretty good, isn't it? Still, still shows yeah. you exactly what what an email list is is worth to you, and worth having. It's crazy. I, I know someone with an email list of twenty thousand people that that makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. It's just all. It's, yeah. just, it's not even about the size of your email list. It's just that it's just what you're selling and how engaged that audience is and what you're sending them and stuff like that, isn't it? Yeah, and, and nothing kills me more than you know. I get on with a coaching client and they say. Yeah, I have an email list, but we haven't, you know, thousands of people, hundreds of, of customers. When, how often do you email them? Ah, we haven't emailed them in a few months. And and I, you know, I try not to have a heart attack. I'm an old man, but, you know, I try not to have a heart attack, Frankie. And, and I'm just like, you have no idea how much money is just sitting on the table. Yeah. Now, we, yeah. you know, when you haven't emailed in a long time, you ha- you don't just go and start sending promotions to them. That's, you know, you, you don't really do you, that anytime. You've got to get that. You go, you nurture it. them back to the conversation. You're like, oh, by the way, I've got something that can really help you here. And, and you go. So you have to be careful with it. But my goodness, it is it is just like an, like a, a bank machine. And, and you've got permission to contact those people as right. much as much as possible. So it's like, why wouldn't you contact them as much as possible? And, and I'll tell you what, like as an email consumer, like on the other other end of things, if you're adding great value through your email list, like I actually coordinate my lunchtime with one of my friend's emails through to, that goes out to his emails. I'm, oh, I'm excited. My friend uh, Simon is going to send out an email. Oh, here it is. Now I'm going to go get, grab my lunch, sit down and, and read this email. It's always great. And sometimes I'll buy something. That's the relationship that, that you want to build with people. And it's just through, you know, it's through good storytelling, good copywriting. It's not, it's not rocket surgery. That's for sure. Anybody can do it and everybody should do it. Well, if you actually think about it, and I was speaking to James about this as well, it's like people spend a lot of time in their email. Probably people probably spend just as much time in their email as they do on the social media and they get, tr- and mm-hmm. they get, and they get reading it and they get in depth reading it as well. And yeah. a lot of the times, um, people, people will either sit there and read it on the phone in the, in the travel or they'll sit there yeah. on their laptop and they'll read it in their in their office time or something like that they're really highly engaged with, with and if you're putting out good content like you say it's not too difficult to start making sales through it no not at all not at all just know your people know what um actually these seven words if people know nothing else about marketing except for the seven words i'm about to share with you i use them to sell on instagram you can use them to sell on email and everything it's enter the conversation in the prospect's mind so every single day you know like what the heck are people talking about? Oh, I don't know. They're talking about the the riots. They're talking about you know, yeah. you know the this award show that was on. They're talking about this sports event. Like that's the thing going through their mind. If you, you can connect your message to that thing and just say, "Yeah, I was watching that too," and it reminded me of this principle that I always teach people about persuasion. And here's how you know we use it. And if you're not using it, you're missing out. Here's what you need to do next. Go watch my YouTube video or, or you know, go and, and read this longer article I have on my site or you know, click through to get my persuasion course or whatever. It, it, it's just tying it in. It's just tying it in. So enter the conversation going on in the prospect's mind and then you will be able to go. They'll, they'll go like, how the heck did you know I was thinking about that? Like, do you have some mind reading thing? This is amazing. 
but it's actually very simple to do. Yeah, you, you, you're just you're just talking about a topic that's in the that's massively in the public domain at this moment in exactly. time. Exactly, relating it back to something you do and putting a call to action at the end of it to make sure that you, you've tied it all in with a call to action. So every post that you have on Instagram, I've noticed, has a call to action. It's something yeah. that I, I've lacked in in the past. Is like a lot of my posts don't have a call to action in them, and it's something that I've got to get better at because that's where a lot of things are being left. Like, there's, if there's no call to action, if you're going to make the post, you may as well make a call to action. Yeah, if right? you're going to if you're going to make the post, you've got to make a call to action. And I'm calling myself out on that because I don't do it enough. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like if you're going to go to the dance, you you got to ask a girl to dance. Like otherwise, like what'd you go for? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's and it's and it's not in a way where it's like oh my gosh, you know. It's just like oh, you know, I, I see that he always does that, and that's fine. But and today this one really resonated with me, and this is the day that I will. You know, send the DM saying, "Hey, teach me this." Yeah, and you never know in a prospect's mind or a, or a potential client's mind what day that comes. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, so they might have seen your content for three hundred days, Craig, and they've not done anything with it. They've not even liked it. But then one day, they've had this spark. They want to change their life. They want to do this. Want to do that. You post something. It resonates. They DM you. Now they're now they're a five thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar client because you, because you just kept putting out the content but always call to action call to action call to action yeah i have one client i i you know one time i asked him like you know what was it that made you message and he said you mentioned something in the post about getting off the fence and that just resonated with me because i felt like i was just sitting on the fence and i had seen your offer and that sort of stuff and you just said get off the fence and i was like all right time to get off the fence and it was like, wow, you know, it's just saying the right thing at the right time. But you can't say the right thing at the right time if you never say anything, you yeah, know, through yeah, your yeah. email marketing or through your social media. If you're inconsistent, man, if you don't show up with an email, your competitors are and people got the money sitting there and they're like, I know I got a problem to fix. And, oh, well, this guy's the guy that emailed today. So I'm going with them. In the coaching space, in your opinion, how, how hard is, is it for someone or how long would it take for someone to go from z- from zero to say six figures, um, you know, on minimal on minimal time, in, in like in your opinion, like for for someone like myself, like to add, if I added coaching into my business for argument's sake, because I'm not doing any at the moment, but it's something I've considered doing. What would it take me to go from from zero to to six figures with with adding this coaching piece into what I do? Well, I mean, you have ninety six thousand followers, so for you, it will not take very long at all. But, you know, somebody's sitting there going, well, I don't I only have 2000 followers. Hey, great. Great. You know, you got 2000 followers, maybe you got a thousand people on the email list and you've never offered a high ticket coaching program. You really have what um, a phrase that we use, low hanging fruit. There's people that know, like and trust you or really know, love and trust you. You know, they've consumed your content and they're just waiting for you to like say, hey, if you're interested to work with me, here's how you can do it. So finally. So you, you probably have like. I would say five to ten percent of your following are those people. So yeah. for you, you're you're talking about hundreds, maybe thousands of people who are just waiting for you to sell them something. And maybe yeah. maybe it's like ah, I could you know if you had a three hundred dollar course, I could do that. Maybe I could do a nine hundred dollar course. Can't do a five hundred five thousand dollar program yet, but you know I'm going to work my way up. But you will have like that one to five percent and who can and are willing to do it. And so it's first of all, it's just making, you know, being very, very clear about who you are for and who you are not for. Um, I've made the mistake in the past of just trying to be a little too much for everybody. 
and that hurts. And and a lot of people are afraid to do that because they know that they're going to get people who say, oh, well, I'm going to unsubscribe because you know, Craig, now you're only talking to, to men over the age of 35 who have a couple of kids who want to, you know, scale their business. That's not me. I'm a woman or I'm only 23 yeah. or whatever. It's like, yeah, but that, that's our best customer. So we're going to start talking to them more. So you talk to your best customer you, you, and you make a very, very clear and amazing kind of a godfather offer. So another Australian taught me that, Sabri Subi. Yeah. Um, I've had him on my podcast and he has a great book, Sell Like Crazy. And he talks about the power of a godfather offer. Uh, there's another guy named Alex Hormozzi up here in America. Yeah, I look at Alex a, a online actually. $100 million offers. Yeah, yeah, he's got great content about you got to have that great offer. So you spend your time creating that great offer and then you take it to your audience. And if it's new to the audience and you have people who know, love and trust you, there's going to be a portion of them who are going to gobble it up fast and, you know, to, to have a $100,000 a year business, like to get to the lowest level of six figures, $100,000, you only need to be making $8,333 a month. Yeah. So if you're selling, if you're selling a, a $3,000 program, you need to sell three a month. And that's, and when you start to break things down like that, you go, man, with a couple thousand followers, I'm sure that if I consistently showed up, I could do three sales of $3,000 a month. And the next thing you know, that's a six-figure income, which then allows you to maybe quit your job as an accountant or a personal trainer or whatever it is. Back in my day, I had to sell, I was selling $39 eBooks. So I had to sell, uh, gosh, like 250 $39 eBooks to make 10 grand a month. I think that's the right math. Yeah. And like selling 250 versus three, even though it's way cheaper, it's still difficult to sell anything. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I'd I much think, rather be on that high ticket sort of thing, which is why so many people have gravitated towards it. I think. I think. Yeah, like you say, it's it's just as hard to sell a thirty nine dollar product as it is to sell a three thousand dollar product because the sales process is essentially the same as long as you're fitting it in with the psychology of the person that you're trying to help. Yeah. You know what I mean, as long as you're adding some value to that person, they'll pay that money. I think. I think. Coaching, coaching is, and all this kind of these, these high ticket offers are, is something that I need to add into my into my business. That's where I'm falling down because it, it's, it's not only is an extra revenue stream, but it's an extra value add to the audience that I'm growing on on other platforms as well. Like, some, yeah, some, absolutely. Some, if, absolutely, if, and it's a, it's a it's generally, you know, like when you're selling a forty dollar ebook or whatever, the profit margins are are slim. You know, because you might do affiliate commissions, you might do Facebook ads, you know, the next thing you know, you're like, oh, I make a buck for every $40 ebook I sell. Man, you know, you got to sell a lot of ebooks. But when you have a higher ticket and, and it's a really high value process to the person, it does become a high profit uh, business to you. Just like, like, listen, I, you know, everybody's, everybody knows somebody who's bought a Louis Vuitton bag, you know. Some, you can go and buy these things, 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand. Like, yeah. there's not 30 grand worth of leather in that thing. Yeah, but it's, it's a high profit business. But it's but it's but they they're buying them for a lot of the time for what other people think to them owning that thing. So it's very much a social yeah. signal. That's what they're yeah. buying it for. Like it's like the cars and all this stuff and and the labels and and it's like this this is what this is what this brand says about me. It says I'm a high value person. That's why it's all about the watches and everything else. It's just it's just all about what other people think of them rather than them. Yeah. I don't mind if you're buying that yeah. kind of stuff for yourself, but you have to really identify who, what you're buying it for before you go and buy it. 
Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I've only got one Louis Vuitton thing, and I think to myself, I said to myself, when I get to a certain revenue or or do a certain deal size, I think it was like I, I think I did, I did like a hundred and thirty-two thousand dollar deal in one day, and I said to myself, all right, I'll buy myself, wow. a, I'll, I'll buy myself a, um, a a Louis Vuitton wallet to celebrate. So I was at Singapore Airport, and I, did, I bought this, <laughs> I bought this Louis Vuitton wallet, and um, to be honest, like I don't, I don't take it out much because I don't want to be that guy that's got that Louis Vuitton wallet. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of a bit pointless, but it's just, it's just something to. I needed to reward myself with something, and I didn't want to go and spend an absolute mozza on it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you need. Yeah, to, it's, uh, that's a whole to... other topic of of uh, you know when people do become successful. I had a client who just hit ten million dollars. He's like, "What should I go and celebrate on?" I go, "Nothing. Just get you know get back to work." And actually, when we had a coaching call today. I was like, why don't you take that money and invest it in another team member so you stop working so much? Yeah. Don't go buy and celebrate on something. Like, why don't you go buy back some of your time so you can have more time with your kids? And he's like, oh my gosh, I gotta go, yeah. and, you know, do yeah. this. It's we're funny. You know, humans are funny that way. Let's let's go into now dive into like the perfect morning formula because yeah. This, uh, before this podcast, I was saying to you, you said to me like, I'd 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 read the books, and obviously I've read the book twice, and. There's been two two separate times, Craig, that I've implemented it, and for the first week, two weeks, I'm sweet, I'm cooking it, I'm killing it, I'm doing this, that, and the other. And then it's like it's like so I, something goes in my head, and I, I go I go back to type or something like that, and then and then and then all of a sudden I'm lost. And yeah. so what, one one thing I, one thing I identified with myself, and and I was I became disappointed with myself about was I looked at my screen time the other day. And the, uh-huh. other da- the other day, because I'm answering DMs, because I'm doing deals for Instagram and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and, and that's the kind of way I've operated this 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 business because I'm removing Instagram accounts, removing content for these kind of influencers, celebrities, and because I get sucked into that little bit of a vortex for 20 minutes after I've had that conversation, I looked at my screen time five hours on Instagram the other day. I was wow. like, I was like, that that is ridiculous. We've got to rein rein that back in. And I remember when I was I was when I read your book and I got really truly inspired, and then I, I went out into the world. I got I got way better at managing my mornings. I was planning every day. I was like boom, 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 and then and then all of a sudden I just fell off. So I want to call myself into account for that today and get you to lay out not only not only how I can get back on track on a personal level, but like how other people can implement this perfect morning formula and what the perfect morning formula is to you. Yeah, yeah. So we go back in time to when I was that struggling personal trainer, and uh, you know I was able to build that business in fifteen minutes in the morning. And it was because I had planned out the day before. And so a lot, what a lot of people do is they get up in the morning and they, you know, maybe they hit snooze, then they start their to-do list, or maybe they go and do a whole bunch of kind of personal development things and self-care things, and then they do their to-do list, and then maybe they go work out, and then they're like, okay, you know, it's nine o'clock, now I should start doing work. And they've actually used up so many, so much of their discipline, willpower, and intention, which is the, the the greatest and strongest at the start of the day. And they're like, "Oh man, I'm just going to check Instagram for ten minutes, or I'm going to check my email, and then I'm going to get to the thing." Yeah. And it just keeps getting knocked on. Uh, like, oh well, oh next thing you know, it's like, oh, I was in Instagram for an hour, and I didn't check my email yet, so now I've got to go check my email. Oh my gosh, I've been in there for an hour. Oh, now I need a break. And and then it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Like, holy cow, I still haven't got around to that thing. Oh, but I just got a text. I got to go check that. And then they end this day full of activity, but no accomplishment. Yeah, that's, and, that's and kind so, of where I've found myself. Is like I do. I've I've done lots. Of, I, I get to the end of the day. I've done lots of things, but I feel like I've done lots of things that are procrastinating on the things that I should be doing. 
Do you yeah, know? and you felt like you've bounced around and your your head is buzzing and spinning because the more that you get into those like short little tasks, you you get dopamine hit after dopamine hit after dopamine hit, and you're so pumped up and you're so adrenaline rushed. Oh, then you you also crash. So what we need to do, what we need to do is we need to be very very clear about what really matters in our business in our lives. Like you know, if it's starting a coaching business, and we talked about the offers thing, you're not gonna you're not gonna go and create a killer offer at three o'clock in the afternoon in 10 minutes because that's all you have. No, you're going to create a clear killer offer by spending probably like 15 to 60 minutes in clear, uninterrupted thinking in the morning. First of all, figuring out your customer avatar. Who are you, who are you going to target? Then you're going to you know spend another day clearly thinking with no distractions about their pain points. Then you're going to start crafting the offer. And if you don't make time for that stuff early in the day, you're never going to find time for it later. So yeah. just just one word going from, I'm going to try and find time to do this. I'm going to try and find time to go to the gym. I'm going to try and find time to get back in shape. I'm going to try and find time to um, you know go and see my friends. No, you don't find time. It's not under your bed you know collecting dust. You make time. You have to make time for what matters. So by getting clear on your priorities and what matters, you then make time for it, preferably in the morning, as early as possible. I call it magic time, the time of day when you're probably going to be two to three times more creative, productive, and energetic, and that's the secret to getting ahead. Now, where I find people fall uh, into trouble is when they try and, you know, maybe they're going to get up a little bit earlier, or they're going to say, I'm going to get up really early in the morning, and they go from like a 7 o'clock or 7.30 or 8 o'clock wake-up time in the morning and they go, I'm going to go to six o'clock tomorrow. And like overnight you do a two hour change. That's like flying halfway across your country, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it'd be, you know, if you flew all the way from uh, Gold Coast to Perth, what's the time change? Like three five, hours? Five, five hours. I don't know what the time change is, but, but it's, five, yeah. it's, it's, it's a five hour, it's a five hour flight. So it's probably a two, two hour, two, two hour time change. Yeah. So it's like flying from New York to London, you know, and like, Overnight and like any time that you fly, well, it's more like when you fly from, uh, sorry, New York to LA. And when you fly from, but when you fly from LA to New York and you fast forward, like you don't wake up at the same time the next day. You're too tired. So it's the same as when you go from getting up at eight o'clock to getting up at six o'clock, and you think that all just by doing that you're you're going to keep that. No, you're overestimating what your body's ability to do. And two days later, after you've had one or two good mornings. Now you're sleeping in again. You're really like, oh, man, these early mornings don't work. So people try and do too much too soon. Yeah. So that's why I talk about as little as 15 minutes. So what some, if somebody wants to improve their morning routine, it goes like this. First of all, today, you know, not tomorrow morning. We're not waiting until tomorrow morning. But today we need to figure out what's the number one thing that we want to do first thing in the morning. And it needs to be a difficult task that you otherwise procrastinate on. And you don't need to do all of it. You just need to spend 15 to 30 minutes working on it. Okay, great. So, you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work on my credit card debt or I'm going to work on my taxes or I'm going to work on writing a, a chapter for my book or I'm going to work on writing a sales letter. Or I'm going to work on my offer or my customer avatar. Great. Now you know what you need to do, but, but there's one more step and that next step is make the path a little bit smoother. Do a couple of bullet points or take all your credit card receipts out and put them out on the table so that you don't spend the morning looking for those things, which makes it slow to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when you have that set up, now it's easy. You wake up, you go right into it 
And yeah, it's gonna you're gonna go, I don't wanna do this, but you get started, and the next thing you know, like 15 to 30, 45 minutes have passed, you've made amazing progress. And now you've won the day. So even if the you know the you, you own a gym and the air conditioning goes out, or you own a gym or a, a brick and mortar store and the and the plumbing pipes break, you've already won the day. And it's by consistently doing that over time that you'll be able to create a side hustle, write a book, you know, lose 20 pounds, whatever it is that your priority is in the morning. So you're, you're saying set a consistent go to bedtime, consistent wake up time so that that's consistent first. And then once you're, once you're consistent with that, make 15 to 30 minutes of, of like concentrated work on the big, the big needle movers in your life in the morning. Are you, yeah. Now, what, what about people? I'll say there's a couple other things in there. Yeah. So first of all, the biggest thing that throws people off is not getting to bed at, on time, right? right? We've all been there. It's like, yeah. oh, I want to go to bed at 11 o'clock tonight. And, you know, it's 1130 and you're still watching Netflix because that thing is, you know, that thing is like your phone, right? They have built yeah. that thing to be as addictive as possible. So you have to have rules and cutoffs and all that sort of stuff so that, um, you get to bed on time. So we teach people to do something called a reverse alarm. A reverse alarm is to have an alarm that goes off an hour before your bedtime. And then when that goes off, you have to turn off all your electronics. And now you're left with nothing but what I call old school activities, the activities that I grew up with when I was a kid. You know, we didn't have Netflix. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have computers. Like all we did, like you could either watch TV or you could not watch TV. And so when you when you turned off the TV, like you can read, you can take a bath, you can take a shower, you can meditate, you can spend time with your significant other, you can make your lunch for tomorrow, you can do all these things, but it just winds down. So now you get to bed on time, which is like the first domino so that you get up on time because you don't want to hit snooze. If you're hitting snooze, you're telling your hopes and dreams that they don't matter. And that's not a great way to start the day. So you get up on time and you move directly into that thing that you planned out the night before. And I know a lot of people are thinking, well, I want to meditate first or I want to do yoga first or I want to do, um, I want to read first or I want to journal first. I want you to wait until after you've done that work block because, and I know that there's programs out there and all that stuff. If you do that stuff first, it just moves you closer to the procrastination time or the email time or the Instagram time that you know you're you're running up against. So do the work first, reward yourself with something self-care, and then get into the rest of your day. You see, because my routine at the moment is wake up at five, be in the gym for six, right? So you're saying wake up at five and work first. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, be in the gym for six thirty or be in the gym for six fifteen. But again, it it doesn't have to be like a full ninety minute block. It just needs to be some progress. Now, chances are you'll get going, and you're like, oh, I don't want to stop. And so then you have to figure out, well, you know, should I move my gym time to eleven or twelve? Like, I really think that nobody should be working out uh, if if you have the ability to control your schedule. Yeah, yeah. and you can work out at eleven or twelve. Do whatever you can to move your workouts to 11 or 12 because you'll need that break then. And you're using, again, this is scientifically proven from a guy in, in, in a book um, by Daniel Pink called When, The Perfect Time to Do Everything. And he says, in the morning, you have the greatest discipline, willpower, and intention. Right. And discipline and willpower and intention are depletable resources. So the more discipline you use to you know, not eat a chocolate uh, you know, croissant at breakfast... Well, okay, well, I just use up that much discipline. 
And then I got stuck in traffic and you know all the discipline I used not to cut that person off and get into road rage. Now I'm down to here and now I'm down to here. And so if you think, oh, at three o'clock, I'm going to go and work on my number one project. You have no discipline at three o'clock in the afternoon. You're yeah. tired. You have all these other people want your time. It's not going to happen. That's why. And, and again, Frankie, I built all these systems because I was lazy. Uh, I had anxiety from not using these systems. And when I finally put these systems into place, they make success almost automatic. Get up, do the hardest thing first. Great. I've won the day. So you, Anything can happen now. I've already won the day. So you don't train or anything like that before 11 o'clock? No, no. It's also bad for your lower back. And as you get older, like with me, um, you know, I try, you know, it's, it's, I got to do everything to protect my low back. Um, so on a, on a physiological anatomical situation, you know, I know this from being a personal trainer, it is, it is very hard on your low back to do a lot of exercises first thing in the morning. So you want to give your low back a few hours to, to change so that it's ready for training. Um, and so that's one reason. But the other reason is, Especially if you're committed to fitness, then you're going to work out. You're, you're like you're not going to yeah. miss workouts on a regular basis. Now, listen, if you're if you're 30 pounds overweight or 50 pounds overweight, 100 pounds overweight, well, that's probably your number one priority. So, yeah, sure, do that at that time. But if you're committed to fitness and and you know you, you get a lot of benefits from it and you're pretty regular with it, then do that. The other thing that you can do if you're if you're really against what I'm trying to say here is understand that not every day has to look the same. So maybe on Monday, you get up and you do that hard work. And then Tuesday, you do the gym first thing. And then Wednesday, you do the hard work. And Thursday, you do the gym. So you could do it that way. And on the other days, work out at lunchtime. Like not every day has to look bulletproof the same as the other days. Like not every day has to be a nine to five work day. Like for me, I front load my weeks, Monday and Tuesday. I crush it. Like today is a Tuesday. I'm I work extra hours on a Tuesday because I'm taking all Thursday morning off. And you know, Thursday I've got I've got like one call and the rest of the day is dedicated to my wife. It's a yeah. Michelle day. So, you know, but I'm you know, here I am, it's nearly seven o'clock where I am and I'm doing a podcast still. So I'm working late today because in my world not every day has to look the same because I control my schedule. Yeah, I like it. I I think I think from what I've learned from that is the fact that I've got to move I, 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 I'll have like I'll go training and I'll go Cairo in the morning or I'll go Osteo in the morning and then by the, t- by the yeah. time it gets to 9 o'clock it's like fuck I've not done anything do you know what I mean like yeah. I'm not, I've not done anything and, that, and then that stresses me out and then I feel like I'm chasing 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 and then between, between, between 9 and 12 I'll try and cram as much in and get as much done but really you've like, like what you're saying and what you've explained there that's when I've lost the most highly concentrated time because I've done things that in the wrong wrong way where I could I can move the chiropractor and I can move the osteo into the afternoon because that's not that's 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 something that can be afternoon based and then I can literally go to the gym at eleven o'clock like you say train from eleven till twelve just change the routine I'll probably be stronger at eleven till twelve anyway. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. You will, you will, you will absolutely be be more awake, more alert. You'll probably be. Uh, less likely to get injured because you'd be more focused. I mean, there's some people that only have that time to work out, but if you have other times, please consider using them and use your morning for the most important work. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what, what, in terms of like what you found with most people, like in terms of your clients and CEOs and everything, every people you're looking after, what do you find that their most important work actually is invariably? Is it just- oh, it, it, like for almost every entrepreneur, it's selling. 
So it's some type of marketing and sales because what we see for the beginner entrepreneur is that they don't spend nearly enough time in sales and marketing. They spend time on social media posts. They spend time on getting their business registered. They spend time on this, that, or the other thing. It's like, when did you actually sell? Oh man, you know, I sell a little bit, but you understand like if you don't sell in a business, it's like not breathing as a human, like sales are the oxygen and lifeblood of a business. So you have to sell. So getting up in the morning and whether it's writing a Facebook ad or writing a sales letter, writing an email to your list or writing a, a video script or whatever it is, like you should be thinking about sales and marketing material. Now, if you're like, well, listen, I'm, uh, I do a lot of phone sales. How the heck am I, I can't do phone sales at five in the morning. No, but you can perfect your script. You can, you can review your calls. You can study sales, whatever it is, something that's going to make you better at sales. If you're a leader, if you're a manager, you're like, well, I can't, I can't get my people to come in for a 5.30 a.m. meeting. What the heck am I going to do here? Well, you can prepare for your meetings. Yeah. You can study leadership techniques. You, you can make sure that you have reviewed the last meeting that you had with people. You can make things more efficient. So there's always something that can be done in, in every position, even though it's not actual work time or nobody else is going to be available for those sort of things. But for most people it, that are business owners, particularly, yeah. it is doing something that drives sales, revenue generating activities, revenue generating activities. And even if you put it into context of like, even if you're an Instagram model and you're listening to this, like the, the activity that you need to be doing in the morning is like booking more photo shoots, like paid photo shoots and all that stuff. That's still revenue generating. Just yeah, for- a lot of strategy work, like thinking, you know, like looking big picture and going, okay. Th- what the heck can I do to generate more inquiries into photo shoots? And, and what the heck type of uh, photos can I do that are going to help me stand out in yeah. this, you know, ever crowding sea of Instagram influencers? Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred yeah, percent. It's, it's really thinking ahead several moves in your business. And I, th- I think that, I think that's the key, the key thing is like, we, we're, we, we've all, we've all been guilty of getting involved in what the term is busy work, where it's just like, create an Instagram post and then have no call to action to it. So you've not only wasted the 20 minutes, but now you've, now you've now another 20 minutes posting it, 20 minutes creating it. Yeah. And then also, and also the fact that that's, that's not going to, that's not going to generate me any revenue because it's got no call to action on it. So it's like, bam, 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 absolutely pointless, yeah. absolute waste of time. And even just me talking about that now is getting me, getting me a little bit, uh, spicy thinking about it because like, it's, just, it's so true. It's so true. And it's like, it's, it's, this is this this has hit me like a ton of bricks because I I I I, it, I knew this because I've, I've I've read your book twice and I've and I've operated with the book and I've operated like I've operated within what you say in the book and I've operated without it and I know I'm better with it than I am without it but it's just like sometimes you need someone to come and smack you in the face again and just and just give you, <laughs> give you a bit of a wake up call and if if for everyone who's listening to this right now. Uh, Revenue generating activities is what you should be doing for the first four hours of your day, because it's going to change. Because that is going to change. That everyone who listens to this wants more success, Craig. Right? Wants wants to move yeah. the needle in their life. I don't care whether you're a nurse or whether you've got an online business or you're an ecom. And all they need to do to make that happen, from what I've digested from you, is literally like just make the first four hours about uh, selling selling what you, selling what you do make you know make sales activities make revenue generating activities and, and 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 move everything else to the afternoon yeah pretty much and and so like my mentor this guy named Mark Ford he's you know helped build a billion dollar company and he has this book called Ready Fire Aim and he said that if you haven't yet hit 
seven figures, a million dollars in sales, you need to be spending 80% of your work time selling. Because if you're not, like, there's not really a business there. Yeah. You know, you haven't, you know, unless you're getting sales, there's no business. There's a project or a hobby or a charity that you're involved in. It's not a business until you sell. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because so many people come to me, like, like, you know, we remove a lot of online content, and there'll be so many people that want, want you to remove online content for free and just not value what you do and this that, and the other and sometimes in my younger days i could i could get caught in this busy motion where i'm removing content yeah. no money and all this kind of stuff and all the stupid things that were going on and it's just how much you can get sucked into this vortex of like we were saying you get you get trapped in this mindset of like you think you're doing a lot but you're not really doing fuck all like because <laughs> you're doing something but <laughs> but yeah just you know just, just being busy for busy's sake is nothing yeah it's not is not important. I haven't yeah. re- I haven't read your book about the perfect week, but I presume the perfect week is just an extrapolation of, of of going from the perfect day and then taking that out and placing it over seven days, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So um, when I wrote the perfect day formula, I, you know, basically I got you know you get hundreds of Amazon reviews and you get all these people at seminars and you get all this feedback about what's wrong with the book and what's missing in the book and I'm like man I wrote the wrong book because there's 7 days in a week and not every day is going to look the same so after coaching people for years and years and years and I did I did a perfect week formula presentation at 75 of my small group coaching events so I perfected the presentation and heard everybody's objection about, well, that won't work for me because I have 2.1 kids and 1.7 dogs. And, you know, your example was 2.3 kids and 3.1 dogs. And I'm like, I heard everything. And we, you know, we basically took a bunch of case studies of clients and and we mapped out everything. Um, But it's not exactly the same. In fact, if I was going to tell somebody to read one book, it would be the perfect week formula because it's much more refined. It's much more holistic. And the tagline of that book is build your business around your life, not your life around your business. Build your business around your life and not your life around your business. And we did cover a lot of stuff in here today about, you know, the content that you'll get in that book. But it's really about a lot of batching and blocking your time and putting what matters most on the calendar until you squeeze your your actual work hours down to a smaller amount than you're doing now, which forces you to make better decisions with how you use your time, yeah. how you delegate, you know, what you give your currency of attention to. And then when you've done all that, you go, holy cow, I was making, you know, maybe my business was doing $500,000 a year and I was working 55 hours. Now this guy's got me down to 35 hours a week. Yeah, I was working 55 hours to make 500000 a year, and now I'm working 35 hours a week, 20 hours less, but the business is up to seven fifty or a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're aiming to do for yeah. people. Yeah, because my motto in life is literally like, I want to work the least amount of time for the most amount of money. That is that right. is that is all I'm trying to achieve every day of my life. Now, I, I'm, I've been honest and said I get caught in this busy work and and that's mm-hmm. something after even after this I'm I'm going to journal about this podcast and and really put it down and also read that per- book The Perfect Week now and and really start to put this into context because it, because I'm getting caught in a lot of busy work it's probably 20 30 40 hours of my week that isn't needed like that's how that's how that's how that's how busy work I've got into but like, yeah. like, like you said it's just literally like get get it get it down get 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 all that crap out and it's amazing what you can achieve because it's all about just do, doing the least the you know earning the most amount of money for the least amount of effort so you can spend time with your family so you can spend time with your friends 
you know, you're, you're, I see, I see you on Instagram sometimes. You're out, you're out, you know, tubing in Canada or whatever on the on on the water and something, and and you've just earned eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars that month plus. You know what I mean? Because yeah. and that you because you've separated it. You've you, you've you've understood it and you've separated it. Yeah, I think it's really scary if if you get. Like if somebody here runs a business and they know how much personal income they take out of their business in a year, and it's like, oh yeah, man, and I'm making made a hundred, you know, was able to take home a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, but you know, you worked um, fifty hours a week. Well, you're only making forty bucks an hour. Like, yeah. what the heck? Like yeah. that. All of a sudden, you go, whoa, I'm making forty bucks an hour. I could be making forty bucks an hour. Like, you can make sixteen dollars an hour at McDonald's now. Like forty bucks an hour. Like, yeah. you're not yeah. that that impressive anymore. So, what are you really doing with that time? And you know, if you're running down to the to you know the store to make uh, you know to ship something by FedEx, or if you're editing your own videos or something, you can go find somebody to do that for ten. 15 bucks on the internet like you shouldn't be doing that yeah. when your worth is really a hundred dollars an hour and when you start making those changes and those decisions your income goes up your hours go down and your fulfillment goes way through the roof like it's like yeah 100 percent because it's like i was watching i was sam ovens very successful entrepreneur owns, oh yeah, yeah. Owns, owns consulting.com i was i watch a lot of his videos because he talks a lot of sense about about the, you know getting rid of all the crap as well like and he and he was saying like you shouldn't be cooking you shouldn't be cleaning. You shouldn't be doing this. There's, there's loads of things that you should not be doing in your life because you can outsource them for a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there. Yeah. And he, he even goes to the point of like, he, he won't do food chopping. He just gets someone to go and buy the food. He gets someone to prepare the food and it's all done. He doesn't do any of that because all that's, that's not revenue generating activities and that's not taking it any further down the line. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I actually love going to a grocery store, but there's a million things I like doing: laundry, uh, cleaning the house. Never do those things. Never cut the lawn. All that sort of stuff. And and you know, certainly you're gonna you're gonna come up against family members who go like, "What's wrong with you? Like, you're too good to do those things." Like, I'm not too good to do those things, but I was not put here on this earth to do those things. I was yeah. put here on the earth to be on podcasts like this and share this message with thousands of people. And if I spent, if I would have spent this hour instead mowing my lawn, yeah, like how is that going to get me ahead in life? And yeah. so you have to, not only do you have to look at what you're doing in your workday and say, this is not my pay grade. You have to look at the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis and be okay with being that person. Because if you think about like you know, anybody who you look up to as a business idol, whether it's Elon Musk or Oprah or Jeff Bezos or, you know, any of these people and and I don't I don't want to hear the negativity about them, but you know any of these people like do you think they cut their own lawn like no yeah. way yeah, no yeah, way yeah, they got yeah, other yeah. things to be doing and and so do you yeah hundred percent I think it's all about getting clear on what your purpose is to be on the planet and then once you're clear on what your purpose is on the planet then you can kind of you know I'm here I'm here because I want to I want to help more people do this this and this and this or I'm here because it's first thing you have to first person you have to help is yourself. You know, and the way you, and the way you help yourself is is to stop doing stop doing the busy the busy work, the stuff that makes you feel productive, but it doesn't make you productive. Like cleaning does not make you productive. Like mowing the grass does not make you productive. Like all this stuff is just busy work that can be outsourced and needs to be outsourced rapidly. Front smart. Yeah, absolutely, my man. If there were, obviously, if there's one thing that you were you were going to distill on the audience, like if there's one piece of advice you're checking out the world today, and you, and and that was it for you, but you couldn't leave no books behind, you couldn't leave anything that you've written or anything like that, but you could just leave a piece of wisdom, a pearl of wisdom in your mind that could obviously impact the planet. What what kind of thing would you leave for people to to resonate with? 
Yeah, I think and it goes back to our uh, Louis Vuitton wallet story that at the end of the day, it's, you know, when you're 90 years old and you're sitting in your artificially intelligence powered rocking chair and you're looking back on life, you're going to be thinking about people and experiences, not money or stuff. Yeah, you need a little bit of money to, to enjoy some people and experiences stuff. But the things that will mean the most to you are time with people you love and experiences with people you love. So make sure that you're not sacrificing those two in the eternal chase for money and stuff because those other two things matter far more. I, I love it. I love it because because we can all get we can all get too caught up in this constant search for more. And I actually read a really good book called A Company of One by Paul Jarvis. I don't know if you've read that book. Have you read no, that? No, I book? have not. There's a, a a good book everyone should read. It's called A Company of One by Paul, Paul Jarvis and it's all about it, whilst sometimes being smaller is is better than being bigger, like not everyone is built to have a big business, and and one of the right. one of the key things that I got out of that book was the fact that there's an accountant in the book, and he's talk he's obviously relaying this company of one theory between all these people, and there's this accountant, and what he does at the start of the year he, is he decides how much money he wants to earn before the end of the year, so when he so when it so when he decides I want to earn 500k, even if he even if he starts in January, his financial year started in January, and he hits his 500k by March, he will stop working because he's hit his target for the year and he'll take the rest of the year off you know what i mean that's 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 kind of how clear people have got with it that's amazing that's absolutely amazing we we're having a bit of a technical hitch at the end of the podcast (laughs) he's getting called by everybody yeah sorry sorry about that man (laughs) what a time Uh, so so an actual answering machine just went off anyways yeah so it's it's like I, I love that. It's like, how big do you really need to be? How much money do you really need to have? And I know I'll say to some people, you probably need a little bit more than you might think. Like, don't go too low. But at some point, you're going to get to the point where it's like, man, if I'm sacrificing time with my kids to make more money, what what the heck do I have my priorities straight? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and when you, but it's not just kids. It's like if you're sacrificing your health for money, there's something wrong. If you're sacrificing all your time for money, there's something wrong. Do you know what I mean? If you're sacrificing yeah. it, if you're sacrificing your family and your friends for, for, for money beyond a certain level, there's something wrong. Yeah, and, and you know, we never got around to, to touching on this, Frankie, but when I was that making that transition from personal trainer to online business, I actually had anxiety so bad that I went to the emergency room twice. And it was because I didn't have the systems and structure in my life. You know, I was working all the time. I was going out at night all the time. You know, I was just doing everything. I had no, I had no structure in my life. And I thought I had true free. I thought I had freedom, but I didn't. And, and I ended up with uh, the anxiety attacks, going to the hospital, thinking I was going to die. It's horrible. And I actually had chaos from that type of approach. So that's when I started putting in place the systems that I talk about in the perfect day formula. And it was through that adding more structure into my life that I had more true freedom into my life, and I'm a much happier and healthier person today. Yeah, I love it. I love it, and I love the fact of of how of how as a human being you can put these systems in your life to to give you the structure so that you can achieve what you want from your life. Do you know what I mean? That's the most Absolutely. that's the most important thing. It's not like. It's not like what we're telling you on this podcast is about putting in a structure so you don't so, – so it's like a job to you. It's like, no, no, no. You want to achieve 
this big goal, this audacious goal for yourself and for your family and for, for your for your legacy. You want to achieve that. But in order to, to achieve that for you, you need to put this system in place so it allows you the time to go and do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's well I think, said. I think that's. I think that's. I think that should add a lot of clarity to a lot of people who listen to this podcast, including myself. That's Craig Valentine. This is the Frankie Lee podcast. If you can do us both a solid favor, and you, you can follow Craig on, on Instagram, it's Craig Valentine. It's, it's real Craig Valentine. Real Craig Valentine on Instagram. CraigValentine.com as well. Go on there. I will link them both in the description of the podcast. Um, you can go and get his book. Put your put your eyes and, and ears around that. Get the audio version if you can. But also, guys, if you can do us a solid favor and just message me, message Craig. Let us know what you've learned from this podcast. Tell us how the you know how 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 this stuff's helped you and moved you forward in your life. I I, I know it's going to impact a lot of you that listen to this. Also, share it on social media. Tag us both. Make it. Make, just just do us a solid favor because we're we're here just dropping this for you at the end of the day. So we'd greatly appreciate it. And that is it. Is there anything more to say from you, Craig? No, that's perfect, my man. That's perfect. Right. That's it. Much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.